CFG Wealth Management, Inc. is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Centers for Disease Control and or any other government agency. This is Navigating Your Retirement Radio with Travis Chance from CFG Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Travis provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Navigating Your Retirement Radio with Travis Chance. Good morning and welcome back to another show of Navigating Your Retirement with your host, Travis Chance from CFG Wealth Management. Folks, as always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please give us a call. 877-269-0839. That's 877-269-0839. Now, this morning, I always uh, introduce my co-host, and he's always my special guest, and Tony is special. Um, But this morning, we actually have a a treat. We have J.L. Williamson Law Group, Jeffrey Williamson, owner and uh, estate planner extraordinaire in the in the booth this morning so uh, we're uh, we're happy to have him here and, and we're going to get him to talk about some of the the topics that I think you guys may want to know from uh, from a legal standpoint so Jeffrey good morning good morning good to be with you absolutely uh, Jeffrey actually uh, is is one of the in my opinion one of the uh, most preeminent uh, in the area as far as what he does. He's he's very similar to us in that, um, you know, if, if you want someone that just does everything, we're either one, neither one of us are probably for you. Uh, but if you need specialized attention, then we probably are. So think about it like a general practitioner versus a cardiologist or cardiac surgeon. I agree. Yeah. You, you don't, uh, you don't want to try to, to get everything out of every, every single person. There are some people better at, uh, at some topics than others. And, uh, what we're going to talk about this morning, Jeffrey's probably, uh, one of, one of the, uh, the authorities in that area in, in our area. So, um, welcome. Glad, Thank you. Glad Good to have to be you. With you. Uh, now, one of the things, Jeffrey, that we talk about on the show is the core pillars of a, of a good sound retirement plan or good sound uh, financial planning uh, approach is obviously uh, investments, which, you know, we've been talking about, obviously, with uh, what's been going on with COVID and sure. the market sell off, et cetera. But uh, we also talk about taxes, which that's also something near and dear to Jeffrey's heart as well. But <laughs> um, but also we talk about health care. And we talk about the importance of having a, you know, even if you don't have long-term care insurance, having a plan for how you're going to going to address those those costs in retirement. So, if you don't mind, kind of give us an an introduction of you, your practice, and then then we'll kind of we'll kind of dive in. Sure. Well, the firm uh, specializes in elder care, asset protection, and taxation. Um, I started it. I be, actually began my career uh, as an IRS agent. Um, I knew there was something I didn't like. About you. <laughs> That's right. Uh, many, many, many years ago. And so um, about half of our work is actually tax controversy and tax research and structuring. And the other half is more sophisticated estate planning and business structuring. And, and you, you're correct. You know, long-term care costs are something people just really don't um, – 
take into account. They're, it's starting to become more and more in vogue, but a lot of people think Medicare covers it, and right. it doesn't. Right. It's kind of like, and uh, not not to, not to cut you off, but just to interject. It's it, tell me if you agree with this. It's kind of like the the um, the debt and our deficit that we run in our country. Everybody hears the numbers, but they they're kind of numb to them. They really don't don't think they're going to apply to them or somehow or another it's not going to not going to make any difference to them. You know, you hear 20 trillion dollars and you know, it's 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 almost an, an uh, a number that's not even fathomable. But then again, you know, you hear these numbers about, you know, potentially uh 7500,000 a year for long-term care costs and it's almost like, you know, uh, people don't think it's going to happen to them. Right. Is that is that a fair assessment? I, I think so. I think uh, a lot of people. Yes, I think so. And and then it, it comes crashing down like, you know, upon them when a when a, a significant other or themselves, you know, fall and break a hip or have a stroke or realize they can no longer stay at home and mm. they're in a skilled nursing facility and the facility says we want, you know, three hundred dollars a day. Right. Um, and, you know, are, the, are, are they're in the facility and Medicare will pay uh, for a little while as long as you're in rehab. And they say, you know, we're going to it's going to pay for 30 days. And then after that, we're going to want three hundred dollars a day. And and guys, that adds up quick. Oh, yeah. Very. I mean, you know, it doesn't take long for for that cash register to be ringing before it's going to have a sizable bill. Well, I can give you an example. I had a, a couple come to see me. This has been years ago. Um, they. um they had managed to save about $300,000. They had paid their house off. And I advised um, the couple on, you know, some planning. And it was, it always seems to be the man that doesn't want to plan. The wife. We we don't think we're our mortality. We don't think anything's going to happen. Right. He said, no. Um, The wife came back to me about, I don't know, 18, 24 months later. He had had a stroke and he was in a skilled nursing facility. And with all of their bills and everything, she was down to 80 thousand dollars wow and i mean it just you know um we we may talk about the estate tax later but i tell clients you know long-term care can be way more devastating than even the most draconian estate tax that's an estate tax that's a pre-estate tax yes in a way right because because if you fail to plan you're effectively you know and, and this is what i tell i tell clients and jeffrey you tell me if you agree there's only so what so many ways to pay for long-term care Either you have private insurance, which covers costs. You pay a, you know, it's kind of like car insurance. You can get a like car insurance or you can own it. Or if you don't have insurance, you're technically a self-funder. Right. Because you, you, if you have assets like this couple you just talked about, uh, there are limits to what you can hold and limits to what you can have outside and assets. And, you know, if you are exceeding that number, you got to spend your assets down until you get to a point to where you can qualify for Medicaid. ABD Medicaid. That's there right. you go. So those you know, are the three options. Absolutely. And, and you know, and there's a fourth option. Obviously, we talk about, uh, you know, renting is is what everybody kind of thinks about with long term care. That's the traditional long term care where basically you're paying the minimum premium for the maximum benefits you can get, kind of like car insurance. Right. And then uh, you've got asset based long term care, which is kind of the new care on the block. So those are actually the four ways you pay for long-term care. So if you don't plan for it, you are actually making a choice. You're just choosing that you're going to be the one to pay for it. I I, I definitely um, am a believer in long-term care. I will tell the audience they need to buy it from a specialist or from someone who knows what they're doing. I would not go to, to the guy who sells me my minimum 
uh, coverage auto insurance for a long-term care policy. And if, if you have one, that's great. You, when I first started my practice, if a client had long-term care insurance, I kind of just washed my hands and said, you know, well, you know, great. We don't have to worry about this. But people right. are outliving the policy right. or the per day, per diem amount that the policy pays doesn't cover. They're playing too little. Yeah, playing. Um, uh, or, or like I said, the policy runs out. It's not in perpetuity. You know, some, some policies last three or four years. Well, the average stay in a skilled nursing facility now is four years or more. Mm-hmm. So you still need to do some planning on top of that. Right. Uh, now, Jeffrey, one of the things I also recommend, and, and here's a question that I have for you, powers of attorney. Mm-hmm. You know, we we typically recommend if you're going to be if you're going to be uh, planning ahead of time, you need to have a will, obviously. Uh, and then you also need to think about powers of attorney. Now, we've talked many times on the show, but give me your take. Are all powers of attorney created equally? Yeah, they certainly are not. Um, I would say, honestly, they don't get as much discussion as they need to. I, I would, if a client came to me and said, I can only have one estate planning document, no will, no trust, I would recommend a durable, a good durable financial power of attorney. That is, I think, it's hard to say what's more important, but I think that is, I would, ra- I, yeah, I would rather have a good power of attorney and no will than have an 80 page generation skipping transfer trust in a will and, and you know, and be, but be without a power of attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgia has amended its power of attorney statute over the, in, in 17 and 18. So there's actually a new statutory form that you can modify. For those who haven't done one in, say, the last five years, they should really look at it. If I can tell you this, length is not always a sign of document quality, but if your power of attorney, Absolutely. If your power of attorney is one page, it is not good enough. So, so before we go on break, what should a thorough power of attorney cover? It should cover whether or not the agent has the authority to make a trust on your behalf, not just a revocable trust, but an irrevocable trust. It should cover whether or not the agent can make gifts and whether or not you want to allow the agent to make gifts to himself or herself. Now, I know that's self-dealing, but in many situations, especially if we can get a chance to talk about crisis planning, you may want to make large transfers to protect those assets. You need to have a provision that deals with can they sign caregiver agreements on your behalf. These are specialized things that only someone who is specialized in long-term care would have. But those are the things I would look for, whether or not it has a trust provision, whether or not it has a gifting provision, uh, whether or not it has a a clause for um, uh, caregiver agreements, and also maybe whether or not it has a clause for digital assets. You know, we live in a digital economy. I I put a provision in there specifically dealing with digital assets. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Jeffrey, uh, before we get into the next uh, next few questions that we have, uh, do me a favor. Tell the tell the listeners if they have if they have issues that are anywhere close to what you just described, how can they get in touch with you? Well, they can just simply Google J.L. Williamson Law Group and it'll pull up our website. What's your phone number? Nine one two. Four eight nine five five seven three. Okay. Well, folks, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're sitting here talking with Jeffrey Williamson from JL Williamson Law Group. We'll be right back with more Navigating Your Retirement. Wouldn't it be nice to have an owner's manual that can help you address and plan for retirement? Navigating the Storm by Travis Chance from CFG Wealth Management can provide you with information to help plan for the retirement you've dreamt of and may ease your financial concerns. Navigating the Storm will help give you the foundational information you need for retirement. Visit NavigatingRetirementRadio.com to request your complimentary copy today. 
That's NavigatingRetirementRadio.com. Welcome back to Navigating Your Retirement with your host, Travis Chance from CFG Wealth Management. Folks, as always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, give us a call. 877-269-0839. That's 877-269-0839. Remember, you can't solve a problem if you don't know what the problem is. You need to identify it if you don't have a professional How do you know if what you thought to be true wasn't true? When would you want to know? Immediately. That's why we got experts on the show. Jeffrey Williamson from JL Williamson Law Group is joining us this morning. Um, Now, Jeffrey, before the break, we talked about our, you know, our powers of attorney created equal, long-term care, some of the issues. Now, one of the things that you did mention was, uh, and I know trust are questions that we get quite a bit. Give us, give the listeners uh, just a basic ABC, if you will, on the difference between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust. Because I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of misinformation out there or a lot of misunderstanding out there. Okay. Well, let me just talk generally about what a trust is, because a lot of our clients come in, they really don't understand. A trust is basically a contract, and you can, but you can visualize it almost like you're creating a special bucket where you can put assets into and take assets out of that bucket. And it's a contract between the trustee, who may be yourself or your children, the beneficiary, which can also be yourself, and the grantor, the person creating the trust. A revocable trust, you can think of it as a bucket that you can just get rid of. You can revoke it at any time or go into it, reach into it and draw out assets without anybody's permission or anything. And it's designed mainly to keep your estate planning private. A lot of people don't know their wills are public knowledge. Once you, if you die and your will is probated, it becomes public. If you have your assets in a revocable trust, that document is private. Mm -hmm. However, it doesn't offer any asset protection or any protection from from creditors such as Medicaid or anything else. Your creditors can reach anything that you can get to or that you can assign. So an irrevocable trust you can think of almost as like a bucket with a a lid on it. Mm -hmm. It's got kind of a protection that you can't as easily get the assets. Now you design around so that other beneficiaries can have access to the assets. But it's it's irrevocable meaning you can't change it. Gotcha. So when or because I know, you know, a lot of let's face it, a lot of times when when someone uh, first hears the term irrevocable, uh, they hear and it's almost like it's to them. It's got that finality. Can't change it. Yada, yada, yada. When are irrevocable trust appropriate for long term care planning? I normally tell because Med- Medicaid has a look back of 60 months. Mm-hmm. So. If you make any transfer within 60 months before you have to apply for Medicaid, it can count against you in okay. terms of them applying a penalty. Nor, it's hard to say exact, but for long-term care purposes, I would say anybody over 65 should begin looking. Now, I won't do a, a specifically a long-term care irrevocable trust for someone under that age because mm-hmm. it is irrevocable. Right. But once you get to be in your mid to late 60s or early 70s, but I mean, I've done it for people in their 80s, mm-hmm. uh, that is when you should start to look at it. And let me just say, just because it's irrevocable does not mean that you don't have any rights uh, in the trust. So mm-hmm. someone, let's say their home is a big asset. You can put your house in an irrevocable trust and still retain the right to live there. But that house once it's in the trust and this requisite amount of time goes by, it's protected from Medicaid. Mm-hmm. And that is better than just simply giving away a reta- giving away a remainder and retaining a life estate because Medicaid is trying to go after life estates. Mm-hmm. If it's in a trust, they can't. 
Right. And, and that's really the key is, you know, if you, if you're in your sixties, your seventies, your eighties, you know, let, let's face it. Uh, we want to, our goal is to pass as much as we can to our family as humanly possible. I mean, let, let's just face it. And planning is what helps us do that. Right. Because that's the thing. If, uh, you know, if you, if you kind of take the, I call it the Rambo approach, the blood and guts, you do it yourself. You're just kind of off on your own. <laughs> right. You end up bloody and it's probably not quite as fun as if you'd have had a whole, whole regiment with you and right. marching through the jungle. So, I mean, let's face it, you want a plan, right? You want a plan of attack so that you can, you don't have to go out and try to win the war on your own. And, and that's what having a, a, someone who like, like you just heard Jeffrey guiding his clients through what's an irrevocable irre- uh, versus irrevocable wins and applicable, you know, what, what are the reasons you use it? What are the reasons you don't use it? Because I mean, Jeffrey, let's face it. There are some there are some situations that a trust may not be a fit. That's right, and, correct. And that's where you need to know, right? Knowing is is definitely the the biggest part of it. So, um, can I interject one thing? Absolutely. You, just you mentioned about preserving assets for you know your lineal descendants, your children, other things. Um, that is certainly a big part of it, but also planning to have as much as you can for your own care. Absolutely. I mean, it, you know, it supplementing what met because Medicaid only pays for certain things. Right. So if you plan correctly, not only can you preserve assets for your children, you can use those assets. You can, can get assistance and then put the supplement on top. Yes. Yes. Yep. And, and that folks, that's, that's so important. It's, it's knowing which buttons to push and which levers to pull. That, I mean, that's, that's, right. that's essentially it. So you you just mentioned about the care. Okay, so what should someone do if they have a loved one that has done no planning and that they now are finding themselves either on the verge of going into a skilled nursing facility or are actually currently in a skilled nursing facility? What should they do? Well, let me reiterate what you said. There's no substitute for planning. Uh, Absolutely none. But what the audience needs to understand is if they've done no planning, there are some things they can do. The worst thing you can do is nothing. Yep, that's a choice, and that's yeah. usually the worst choice. But some people don't know. I've had clients come to me. They've had a loved one go into a skilled nursing facility, and let's just say they had a couple hundred thousand. They've spent down $50,000 before they come to me and say, well, I, I, they told me there was nothing I could do. There are some things you can do. So we at, at our firm, we do uh, offer a service called Crisis Plan. Mm-hmm. And generally, we can... Uh, get someone qualified for Medicaid within 60 days. Now, we there may be a penalty imposed, and we won't be able to protect as much as if we did advanced planning. But you know, if you're if you're a single person, widow or widower, you know, Medicaid only allows you to have two thousand dollars in countable resources. Well, mm-hmm. if you do crisis planning and you wind up with thirty five thousand, I mean, thirty five is a whole lot more than two. Absolutely. So um, what I would first recommend is that they see a long-term care specialist and then go over their assets and find out what can be done because a lot can be done. And I will say the people in the long-term care facilities, I get, you know, people come to me all the time. Those people are overworked and underpaid. Absolutely. But a lot of them really don't understand the Medicaid rules. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had clients come that have gotten bad advice. Um, and that can be very costly. Well, and, and Jeffrey, just to interject now, I want you to continue on your point, but just to interject, think about it like this. You don't know if they've been there three months, three years or 30 years. Right. And, and you cannot expect someone 
who has to deal with the amount of of day to day operation, uh, the the care of a of a you know a group of patients. You can't expect them to go home at night and also part time as an attorney. Right. right? This ain't moonlighting. That's you, right. you, you can't go and all of a sudden be an attorney. That's right. That's why you're here. Right. right. That's what you're for is you're not there running that facility. You're doing what you do. Right. They do what they do. But if you get your advice from someone, you know, I hate to say it, if you get your law advice from your mechanic, it might be a little bit problematic. Right. Exactly. But I'm sorry. Go ahead, keep going with your with your point. Though. Well, what I was going to say, a lot of them just, and they don't these facilities don't really offer sometimes the training you know, on the Medicaid rules. Mm-hmm. But it, I, I've had clients come to me. Yes, you can. There are definitely things you can do, um, uh, such as as prepaying funeral expenses. We, we many, many transactions that you can do that are perfectly legal and appropriate, but that can protect way more than you otherwise would if you just spent down to nothing. Right. Um, the one advice I would give people is absolutely do not sign a Medicaid application until you talk to a Medicaid, an attorney specializing in long-term care and Medicaid, because once you sign that application, that's going to limit what a planner can do. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, um, I told you I was, my background was being an IRS agent. I heard this, this one accountant told me one time he saw his tax return as an initial offer <laughs> to the IRS. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the Medicaid application is not seen that <laughs> it's way. It's a final offer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't just file a 1040X and correct it all. Right. Well, and, and, you know, Jeffrey, that that's that's key. I mean, it's like anything else in life. Uh, having a plan usually, even even if there is some expense in the plan, is usually going to end up in the favor of the client. Oh, absolutely, because that's what it's for, right. right? Tell me if you agree with this statement. I've said it on the show, but you might be like, "Ooh, um, there's three people that can inherit your assets. One is your your heirs or your your chair or your legacy." Two is a charity, charitable trust, charity of your choice. Number three is the IRS. You <laughs> you choose two, and the third is going to get what's left over, right? Yeah. Well, and Medicaid might be. Well, and yeah. okay, and the Medicaid. Yeah. So so IRS Medicaid. Yeah. But if you do, if you make the choice, then you can pick the first two to get the most amount. Absolutely. If you don't, the IRS state is going to be number one. Yes. Then the other two are fighting over the difference. Is that a, is that a fair assessment? That's absolutely true. Medicaid is um, uh, coming after estates in probate. They have, they have now something called a state recovery. Yep. Your, for example, your home is exempt for purposes of qualifying, but say you go into the nursing home and you run up a hundred thousand dollar bill that that won't take long. Oh yeah. At $300 a day. Absolutely. And they, they will put a lien on that person's home after they've died. Right. And, and, and so yes, they're first in line. They're a priority credit. Absolutely. It's uh it's basically they're, they're a secured creditor. Yeah. They've got your assets to basically say, you know what, when something happens, that's, that's it. Folks, uh, I really appreciate uh, Jeffrey taking the time, being on the show this morning. Hopefully, you've got some good information out of this. Um, Jeffrey, one more time, if, if they want to reach out to you, get in touch with you, how can they How can they contact you? Our phone number is 912-489-5573, or they can just go to Google and Google J.L. Williamson Law Group, and it should take them to And website. you have an office in Savannah, which is relatively close to ours, and we also have one in Statesboro, which is relatively close in proximity. So, folks, uh, I hope you've enjoyed the show. I, we've enjoyed having him. 
if you have any questions, comments, concerns, if this is something you haven't addressed and you need someone to actually help guide you on the right path, give us a call. 877-269-0839. 877-269-0839. And we'll be back next week with another Navigating Your Retirement. Thank you for listening to Navigating Your Retirement Radio with Travis Chance. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Travis at CFG Wealth Management. Call 877-269-0839 or visit them online at navigatingretirementradio.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services are offered by CFG Wealth Management LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Georgia. Insurance products and services are offered through TL Chance Inc., an affiliated company. CFG Wealth Management LLC and TL Chance Inc. are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 